0: Hey, welcome back. We have been gone for a few weeks, uh, partly because of holidays, partly because people being on vacation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we are back again to have regular Thursday podcasts.
1: Hey, and live streams. And live streams. Not just, not just a pod.
0: Not just a pod.
1: Uh, that's what they say, I think.
0: Okay, so this episode, we're going to be talking about I really was looking hard for a crystal ball. Could not find one, so I failed mm-hmm. on it. Sold that. out? Are they sold st- out. They're so, yes, they're supply chain. Yeah, supply gone. chain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know they used to have them everywhere. You can find them at any store you went to. but yeah. On the
0: shelf, and now they're not. Yeah, Even Amazon sold out. Anyway, we're going to be it's talking about predictions for 2022, and not just in the tech world, but just in general. Um, but we're going to start with the tech world. We're going to talk about tech, the economy, uh, workplace, and then we're going to wrap it up with some media. So I'm going to be putting all of our answers in this spreadsheet, and then we'll... When we're done with this telecast, we will print it out and we'll put it in this fancy Brookfield Group time capsule that looks suspiciously like a water bottle. Definitely not not a water bottle that we found laying around. It's not. Totally so not. That's going to be our time capsule. So
1: when it, when when would we open said time capsule? At the end of 2022? I think we at the right? end, yeah. Okay. So
0: like the week before uh, the holidays start. That way yep. we're all still here and doing stuff. And okay. um, we can read them and see how close we were. And then maybe that will hedge our bets. What's at for... stake?
1: What do we win? What do we lose?
0: Ah, whoever has the most right answers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm, we'll have to think about that. We'll take the viewers' suggestions on what we should win. Yeah. Or that? lose, maybe, or lose.
1: Maybe it's more of like a losing type situation, Ooh. like a punishment. Yeah, like a punishment. Exactly, <laughs> like a punishment. Like I, a good one I heard for um, a, you know fantasy footballers out there that have punishments on their drafts was uh, having to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours, um, and then you you for every Waffle House pancake you ate, you reduced an hour of your sentence. So you had to sit Oof. in a Waffle House for 24 hours. So, you, you up for that? Wait, I'm not going to lose, so wait, I'm not really uh, worried about it.
2: Wouldn't you want to eat a waffle at the Waffle House?
1: All right, yeah, not yeah, but waffles right. okay, fine. are more Semantics. filling. Semantics.
0: Waffles are more filling than pancakes. And
1: I've never been to a Waffle House. I
0: don't think I have either.
1: But I hear their waffles are huge. So
2: they're very thin. I'm in. They're not like a big Belgian waffle. They're very sort they're of. They're
1: thin. Like, they're very thin waffles. Yeah. So, they're
2: like a crepe. Uh, yeah, kind of like a, a. But in a wa- with yeah. a waffle pattern on right. it. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. I think this. We'll come up with a punishment. Yeah. I think coming out. Sitting in the office office. I'd be up for
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Of course, Chris would have to be there regardless so he could. Video We'd have to
1: videotape, right? We'd have to live oh, yeah. stream the whole thing. So we're all three of us. Whoever <laughs> yeah. loses, we're all losing. <laughs> we're yesterday. all there. Okay, all right. Fair can
0: right. You,
2: can yeah. you imagine how you would smell after spending 24 like hours syrup.
0: in a
1: Waffle House? I'd just take disposable clothes. Like, just, yeah, just burn just them. Ride them off,
0: yeah. But I think all that syrup smell would be in your sinuses for a while. Hey. Not that that's a bad thing. Everything
1: would smell like syrup for weeks. <laughs> be great. All right. We digress. Okay. But right.
0: And yeah. I have this little bell here, which... Chris hates, because if we're all in agreement on one of the predictions, I will ring the bell.
1: It sounds you. like Chris is just always going to disagree in some form, fashion, so the bell doesn't get wrong.
0: Okay, if Daniel and I agree on <laughs> the prediction, we then we're going to ring the go. bell. There we go. <laughs> so we're going to start with some tech predictions. So um, one of the things that I read was that passwords will diminish, not necessarily go away, but will diminish uh, due with MFA coming out. Which is multi-factor authentication. So passwordless,
1: like passwordless entry, more of some sort of some sort of authenticated access. Yes, I know that there's been a big push with single sign-on and things like that to be able to do it. So I could I could I like mean Microsoft is pre- taking a pretty hard stance on it. They would prefer there be no password. So I think that that you know gives gives weight to that to that to that idea. Um, we we use. Um, uh, one of the ones that we use is Duo, and they have mm-hmm. some different options for sign-in without having to actually put a password in.
0: One of the things we were talking about earlier this week is having the chip embedded in our... <laughs> yeah, get
1: an RFID chip. RFID yeah. chip. I'm still on board with that.
0: Wave it over your computer and it logs you in. I hey, think that would be good because be okay uh, they they are just releasing this year. I forget who the gun maker is, but it's a, a firearm that you have to have your fingerprint on it for it to activate. activate. So I think that's going to cut down on crime and stolen... Uh, ah, firearms hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm up for that but anyway okay, okay so agree on password submission Chris
2: uh, uh, I'd say I agree <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as loud and annoying <laughs> as I thought it was gonna
0: yeah be. <laughs> it's because you're in the other room <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay moving on to number two so we're all we're all in agreement on that so yep. yes 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 okay uh, ransomware phishing data breaches will continue at record pace and they're especially targeting healthcare next year. I 100% agree with that. Yeah,
1: I think we're kind of at the point where there's probably a breach happening almost all the time. Even whether we know about it or it falls into, like, your windshield of your view of things. But there's so many different apps now. There's so many different platforms. So many uh, different endpoints. Yeah, there's just there's so much opportunity from it that it's, I don't think it's going to diminish
0: i think the hackers are really honing in on the best way to get in like as soon as one door closes they're like oh now we can get in through what was the one uh, a few weeks ago the text um text file attachment which looks oh you know yeah oh it's not a pdf or it's not yeah. a link let yeah, me click a text on this file. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> wrong nope. so all right chris agree or not agree
2: uh i, th- I agree i think one thing uh, that we'll also see is official kind of government response kind of increase mm-hmm. um so regulation i think across the board
1: especially in europe i think will be happening this year yeah there's there's a lot of mounting pressure from government agencies as well as insurance agencies yeah, to insurance. have better uh, better defining what um minimal effort like what is the minimum amount of effort you have to put into your environment to try to protect it from these things and still be able to be covered or not be held liable for it. So um, it's, I think there's a couple of different ways to look at that from the sense of, um, you know, if there's more mandates coming down that things need to be more secure, maybe there's scarcity of the, the opportunity for, for attacks. So they're trying to do as many as they can right now. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting world to be involved in and um, trying to help ourselves and customers navigate what's happening
0: interesting too to see how many insurance companies decide to bail out of uh cyber insurance because there's too many yeah. people filing claims. So the loopholes are closing because of companies like ours that make sure that companies are in compliance. So insurance companies are now saying, "Ooh, I don't think we can cover that." So. Yep. All yep. right. Yes, yes, yes. You ready? Okay. <laughs> Maybe 3 if each of us agree. <laughs> Okay, I or, like the bell or one bell or, or one or, bell. Bell. or just one okay. bell. <laughs> all right. Okay, tech number three, uh, data will take center stage for all the hackers. That's what they're going to be focusing on.
1: So what does that mean?:
0: I think it means um, they're, they're wanting like the whole picture of somebody's record. They're not just looking for a credit card. they're not just looking for um, one specific thing. They're looking for all of the data so that they can profile these people and maybe go after them okay. a different way. Okay. So instead of like a a, a banking hack where they're yeah, trying to get not, your money. they're not
1: targeting one specific amount. They're targeting you, your digital fingerprint, yes. if you will, to see and kind of then analyzing like who is the most susceptible to a phishing attack of a
0: particular type. So That's why healthcare is yep. really targeted because they have a lot of older systems. They've certainly been overwhelmed the last few years when all of this uh, data breaching stuff started happening. Um, so they're really I think they 're really going to get targeted, but that one is a kind of a stinky one. Should we take it off
1: yeah, I just I think that one 's maybe a little repetitive
0: all right because it kind of goes with the second one yeah so really this next one goes with it too, because I think security awareness training is just going to continue to grow amongst companies because as they uh, hire and the, you know everybody quitting and getting different jobs and whatever, I think they 're really going to put security training to the forefront because that 's going to be their first line of defense against. Well, I guess it's not first line, maybe last line of defense mm-hmm. against yeah. any kind of hacking.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think um, I think people are maybe starting to understand the benefit of it. You can, like we've talked about, you can put all the best systems up in front. But if some emerging um, attack makes its way to the end user and they're not aware of what to look for, the signs to look for that, um, then... All the less, all the best laid plans can be for naught um, at that point. So, um, I, I think I would agree. I, th- I think that, um, just like with everything, there's soon we're soon going to hit a point of kind of security fatigue, if you will. <laughs> and so, uh, making sure that's navigated, especially with with you know end users or um, the people that this really affects are the people that also aren't the ones that are seeing the whole picture of the whole landscape. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, I think the implementation of it will increase. I wonder what the actual end user engagement with it will be like and what their feelings on that will be. So I, I think it's kind of maybe a two pronged mm-hmm. kind of thing.
2: I, <clears throat> I would say we've, we're going to hit kind of peak training because a lot of these companies, they already have, you know, Compliance training and HIPAA training, and you go somewhere and you're spending two weeks sitting in front of a computer going through all of mm-hmm. your training. And now we're going to add another training that you have to now stay compliant on. I think people are going to give a lot of pushback from, oh, I, 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 I understand how you know email works, and I don't need to take this training. So I think I think mm-hmm. we'll get that big fatigue happening later this year.
0: Okay, three bells, one bell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Next subject I know nothing about, but I know it's in the news constantly. I've been the ostrich with my head in the sand about the meta-universe. The metaverse. 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 See, I metaverse. can't even say it <laughs> yeah. right. Metaverse. I, I think the whole thing's like ridiculous.
1: Uh, yeah, it's interesting for sure. It's um, I, I don't know enough about it yet. Um, I just know that there are there seems to be every kind of ploy to make money on it that has ever existed with anything that's new or um, um, brought to market. I mean, there's metaverse realtors now. Travel agents. um, You know, know, digital plots of land that you're purchasing. I mean, you know, getting down to the nitty gritty when, you know, I I just saw something the other day, the the artist created is creating his own NFT. And you buy that NFT, then you get, it includes X amount of, access to different metaverse properties that are already worth, you know, $150,000 or something like that. It's like, it, it just, all of it just screams like, you know, snake oil salesman of years past, or the best thing I can equate it to in my mind right now, and I'm not saying that this is right, but where I'm at when my understanding of everything is, I feel like it's, you know, you buy a a plot of like you're buying a plot of land on the moon for a future moon colonization mm. right or you're naming a star or something along those <laughs> lines um not saying that that's that's it's 100 equivalent i just feel like that's my understanding of it that's what it feels like and i need to know do better about it whether i think it's going to be the next big thing or not i, I don't know yet I, I haven't i haven't established those kind of opinions um but I think it is going to continue to be talked about and understood and developed um in this whole you know metaverse along with like the whole web3 movement and stuff like that like the all of those things just start to go hand in hand and there's something to be said when there are um you know and I mean I feel this is hard for me to say it now you know people half my age making <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars selling um Digital monkeys (laughs) online—they're angry monkeys, like
0: (laughs) or bored monkeys.
1: Yeah, like it's (laughs) it's mind-boggling, and I need to spend more time under it. I I, I haven't done any investment, and I haven't looked. I haven't like bought into it. I I know just the surface scratching of it, but it is going to be it's going to be big, and you know, one of the I think like the Oculus 2 was like one of the best selling things over this holiday season yeah. um and it's all of that ties into the metaverse and that's why Facebook now Meta doubled down on it changed their name and is investing highly in it and you know Zuckerberg like is he wants to be the one to define the metaverse so there's a race for it in the tech companies to understand what it is and what it means so i, I think it's going to be it's going to be big um I disagree know. Disagree? I think that uh,
2: VR isn't really in the mainstream, even though the Oculus Quest was, you know, like the number one gift this holiday season. I think it's still too costly for people. I think that people uh, Mm -hmm. don't want to strap a big, giant (laughs) headset onto their face um, if this is going to be some sort of metaverse thing. Um, I, I think it's a lot of response of larger corporations and the issue with copyright and trying to find a solution for what the old copywriting system has been for years and years and years. And more recently- It's new
1: stuff that nobody has any claim to, right? Right, and it's
2: it's them saying, okay, how can we we leverage this to one, like you said, make money, would be protect digital assets because in the year 2020, you can, you know, 2022 now, right? (laughs) Um, You can just, you can just, you know, copy anything or find anything on the Internet, um, you know, pirate anything. So I I think it's a big response to, oh, how are we going to make money if everything's a
1: remix, everything is copied? So I guess to to tie into our topic here, what you're saying is it seems like it's not going to be big in the long run, but do you think it's going to be a big trend for 2022? I think a lot of people are going to spend
2: a lot of money this year, and I think a lot of people are going to spend... There's going to be a lot more interest in crypto and meme coins. Mm -hmm. Um, In my opinion, it's a big bubble. And the more depressing part of this is uh, when that bubble pops, Mm -hmm. the 90% of the people that it's going to affect the most are going to
1: get really hurt by it. Mm,
0: It's 1999 all
1: over again. So, I mean, so going back to our original thing, we brought up the metaverse as our prediction. I'm... You know, I think we got into a little bit of a A bigger conversation there, but I think for 2022, there's going to be a lot of conversation, continued understanding of what the metaverse means, whether that means that generates something that goes long term or not. um, I think for 2022, I think it's going to be a a top a a big topic of conversation. Yeah,
2: I would agree with that with that point is 2022 is going to be all about metaverse NFTs. Yeah. Sadly, I've
0: got to agree with that too. I I don't think it will end up going anywhere. If it does get a little bit of lift off, I agree with Chris that it's just going to be a big bubble. I mean, the the travel agents, it's like, "Oh, you can sit here and you can go to Europe." It's like it's not the same as going to Europe. I mean, yeah. I can see all the pictures and it can be 3D and it's not the same. I yeah. I don't smell it, no. I can't taste it. I mean, but I think we're all in agreement that it's going to be talked about quite a bit in 2022. Yep. Okay, smart homes. I'm on the low end of the smart home where we just have the plugins to the outlets and we have Alexa where we tell her to do this, do that, turn on lights, turn off lights, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, and then our home security systems on that too. But I think Daniel, your home is.
1: I have a few things. You have a few I have things, few things. <laughs> and then <there's laughs> on a few different systems.
0: New stuff that was introduced, Chris. You said yep. it, at CES.
2: Uh, yeah. So, uh, the new kind of smart home platform called Matter. Uh, was really big at CES this year, which is basically kind of a a way for all of these smart home devices to kind of communicate um, because you have things like uh, HomeKit from Apple. You have things like uh, Google Home. You have things from Amazon. You have things from... Uh, LG makes their own smart home platform. Mm-hmm. Samsung makes their own smart home platform. Vivint. And, Vivint is their yeah. own smart home platform. So this is supposed to be able to let you, say, purchase a, a Google Home, but then it can click into a Apple HomeKit system or vice versa. So helping all these different manufacturers sort of use
1: all the systems at the same time. Yeah, I think, you know, smart homes have been a topic of conversation for years now. And at the beginning, it was a race to say which tech company was going to be the best smartphone platform. And they didn't play with each other because it's like they want you to buy into their ecosystem and their ecosystem only. Well, over the years, it starts to become like, oh, well, this platform has this best, this thing that's really good with it. But it doesn't work with this one. And so, like, I have HomeKit items. I have... Google Home items. I don't have any Amazon items, actually. Hmm. Um, I have you know, a, a different uh, security system that's made by somebody that integrates with both Google Home and HomeKit, but they had to make that choice to make that happen. And then just recently I bought a product, um, can't think of the name right now, but it works amazingly well, that allows me to take my Google Home and Nest um, items and put them into HomeKit so it's now across everything is everywhere where I want it. Um, and then as companies make design choices or product choices, things disappear. I mean, in the last mm-hmm. year, Google has killed off quite a few products that were very popular to people. They killed off their security their security system platform. It's still out there. It's still legacy, but they're not doing any future development on it at this point. So if you were on that platform or you were on Google and you were thinking about doing it, me here, I was thinking about doing that, they you know, destroyed it. And now I didn't have anything good to go with. So I went with a system called abode, um, because it integrated with almost everything. So I could kind of have the flexibility that I wanted. So the whole it seems like the whole goal with matter is pick the tool or service that you want, pick the service or the integration, like the, Hey, whatever that you want to talk to, to make everything work, and then bring whatever end product to the table. So they all talk to each other, which is really nice. Um, it's nice that I mean it has buy-in from Apple, Google, Amazon, Samsung, like everybody is buying into saying, okay, we need to have one design standard or one communication standard that all these things will work with, which is super nice and I'm I'm happy to see it. So
0: are new home builders installing this prior to selling Yeah, that's
1: it's a, a line item now if you're going to build a home, like do you want it to be a smart home and they'll run the different things now. I don't know what platforms different homes are using. Some are using Alexa. I think a lot of them use, from what I've seen, um, I haven't been looking to purchase a house, but from what I've seen is um, uh, the ring system is is what companies default to. And to the point now where homes are now coming equipped with the network pieces that they need, like a, a little switch, Wi-Fi and all that stuff in there. So, um, you know, any new home or as things continue to move forward, you know, it's going to become a, a bigger topic of conversation. And thankfully, matter um, is is hopefully bridging the gap between all these siloed off ecosystems. So,
0: OK, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. OK. <laughs> OK, something that was in the news just a few months ago, I think. Month and a half, uh, or month and a half, so ago. Yeah. yeah, So the right to repair or self-service repair, I think uh, Apple rolled that out. One of the first ones to roll that out,
1: yeah. So wasn't necessarily the first ones to roll it out. They were Apple has been along. Uh, so the right to repair movement has been going on for many years. Companies like I It, and then big individuals in the tech community, and just in the community um, in general. Uh, you know, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, you have um, tech people like um, Linus from Linus Tech Tips, or MKBHD from those two massively successful YouTube channels, uh, have all put, been I can't remember, who was the other person that's actually um, sat at Congress? Louis Rossman. Louis Rossman, have put a huge movement on the right to repair, not just at Apple, but in the tech community in general, for multiple reasons. Um, you know job creation um technology sustainability less e-waste um you know trying to force better design practices not designing with materials that would you know degrade or have forced obsolescence after x amount of time um and you know companies like iFixit selling kits and doing videos online on how to break down complicated things and repair them yourself have all been pushing towards this and the biggest standout um Company has been Apple. They've been, um, they've fought a lot against right to repair, as well as done specific design, um, uh, I had specific design identification of we're doing it this way that makes it difficult to repair it, Um, and which in some ways the argument could be made is counter counter productive to their other side of their company, which is. Their environmentally, their environmental mm-hmm. sustainability that they're that is constantly being touted by Apple, when you're forcing a lot of additional e-waste into the ecosystem by not allowing your, your products to be um, repaired. Now, I don't remember, and Chris, maybe you know. Um, I don't know if their their. I think the reason that they put out this um, self repair kit, manuals, and things like that. Um, is is likely to to get ahead of some legislation or some lawsuits that may have been coming down the pipe for them. Yeah, that's um, correct. And it is, you know, it's one step in it is by no means fully finished to be able to get to where it should probably be. Um, I like the idea of right to repair. Um, I think that there are some pieces that you should be able to do if you want to upgrade your device or anything like that. And there are companies that have taken this to a whole different level. There's different uh, laptop companies and things like that that... Um, it's it's pretty cool to see and i mean, I use apple products, but it it'll it would be nice to see more of that sustainability from that standpoint come into
2: play. I think one thing that people really miss or they they get confused because they say right to repair um which is you know you think my individual rights and but really it goes beyond that it goes to accessibility to parts and manuals. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing that Apple has sort of locked down over the years. And there's a lot of controversy being basically an Apple authorized service provider, right? You're not an Apple store, but you can order Apple parts and there's this huge overhead and you have to sign an NDA and you can't Mm -hmm. sign certain parts away. So getting this right to repair will let smaller mom and pop shops have access to the manuals. Have access to the internal documentation. Have access to parts. I mean, just look at the the automotive industry, right? I just got new car, new tires on my car, and I didn't have to go to the Volkswagen dealer, right? That's kind of that. You know, you can buy parts anywhere you want, and then um, and repair your car. That's the right to repair your car. And so this yeah. is kind of what we, when we see moving into the tech industry is is that same sort of like modularity and.
1: And I think another good example that might that might drive this home is, and, and correct me where I'm wrong here, Chris, but like there was, it was to the point where if you wanted, like there was a key on your Mac laptop that was broken or not working, you could, in theory, have if you have the right tools and you're certified the right way, you could replace that key. But Apple, as a certified repair shop, was forcing you to send the whole motherboard and everything mm-hmm. in. Yes. And replace that entire kit. So one key that may have cost you know an hour or two of a technician's time, and the you know thirty cent part to be able to replace it, ended up being hundreds of thousands of dollars in labor and in Waste. just replacing that. Uh, where everything else on that that central processing, like that the motherboard and everything with it, was perfectly fine. All it was was one key, and the whole thing had to be, I'm yeah, sure, coming, you know, got refurbished or something. But at the same time, just like
2: mm-hmm. in a past life uh, when I. Uh, worked for that set particular company in a particular store. Um, yeah, the, the amount of service parts that would come through that just didn't really make sense from a economic standpoint. How much stuff was shipped out of the store compared to repair to store? Um, the, the more recently, I remember uh, iPhone repairs where you know you'd have go to a third party repair shop. And they do a display and your touch ID wouldn't work or your face ID turns off because you've got to plug into an Apple proprietary machine with Apple proprietary software to, quote unquote, activate the face ID after you do a display replacement. Even if you've had a genuine Apple Apple replacement part. part. Yep. So it's like there's so many different layers that they just make it difficult all
1: the way down. Yep.
0: Okay. So yes, yes, yes on all of this. It's a good thing. Yeah. Moving forward. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Thing. Yep.
0: All right. Let's talk a little bit about the economy, and what we think is going to happen there. So uh, I was just telling these guys before we started, um, last night on uh, shoot. I guess it's NBC. Lester what? Holt, right? Yeah, Lester yeah. Holt. But I don't know what network he's on. And we're going to go with NBC. Uh, Nightly. <laughs> Final news. answer. Final answer. Nightly <laughs> news. Um, he was saying that. Um, we've been in this perfect storm of not only the raw materials, the pricing has gone up because they don't have the labor to harvest or to make. And then once it gets into the factory, you know, there's not enough of those people either because of COVID or because of the great resignation, whatever. And then that goes to, to a dock somewhere and there's a big backup there because they can't get people to offload it. Then they get the truckers to finally get there to get it. So there's a shortage there and then with the way that the um, uh, global warming, if you believe in all of that, and the jet stream, you know, the, the weather has just been wacky this year. So that now they're having trouble even getting to the stores. They get to the stores, same thing, nobody to unload it. So all the shelves are being thinned out, not because there's a lack of things. It's just the whole supply chain has been bad. And I know here, uh, we were talking about ordering some parts and some people, some of our manufacturers are way backlogged. And I don't think it's because of raw material. I think it's, it's people. They just don't have enough people, but I think that's going to continue no matter what politicians say. I think inflation, what we're 40% over, we were in, um uh, 80, 88 or 80, something like that. I mean, 40%. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the top three things have been cars, gas, and, Close to my heart, bacon. I mean, bacon prices <laughs> are ridiculous, and we eat a lot of bacon. So I don't know how that's going to affect businesses going forward. I mean, just people in yeah. general is hard. Yep.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to optimistically disagree to this one because the <laughs> amount of headache that it's causing everyone at this point, I just, I just can't feel good about re- agreeing to it, even if I might really it's want to. It's
0: pretty doom and gloom. I got to tell yeah. you, it's uh, hey, not looking you know, good for this. There's gotta year. be
1: a little bit of sunshine somewhere. So I'm going to say no.
0: Okay. Trend is not one yes, one no. Going da- to continue. <laughs> Chris?
2: Uh, I'm going to say no as well. I'm going to oh. be optimistic. As well. <laughs> right. Got too much doom and gloom. <laughs> Sorry. Optimism.
0: Well, that kind of leads into our next one with the workplace. So we all know COVID has been up, and down, and now it's like crazy numbers. Um, we've had a few people out here, not, not really that many, I think, because a lot of us work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're very careful, like we go to client sites, we're masked up you know, and all of that. But um, I think it's it's going to continue to spike here a little bit, but I think it is going to get more like a regular flu-like uh, symptom and we're just going to go on, okay, you've got COVID, it's a strain of this.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into the uh, COVID prediction of anything, <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> but I will get into the other topic of this that I think, which is more of what is that I do... Continue to think that the um, uh, work, rela- like work relationship with a physical office, is always going to stay fluid going forward. It's going to be some sort of blend between in-person work or in-office work, as well as um, um, re- working remotely. Um, we've done our best to try and keep how we work and our our people giving them the ability to work from home, work from the office, giving them the the ability to either or whichever fits their needs or their circumstances at the time, whether they're, you know, if they're just have a normal cold, I I don't, it's not worth any of the risk to have them come into the office or things like that when we can do what we do remotely. And um, I think it's going to get ingrained into a lot of just general company culture, especially for those that next generation, um, of workers and that that are coming into the workforce, it's going to be something that they're probably looking for. Some sort of maybe not fully remote, but at least having the flexibility to be remote when needed. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, is there any reason that? For our team specifically, like if someone needs to be home to receive a package that day and they need to work from home. OK, that's fine. Like I'm, I don't have a problem with that
0: or their kids sick or, yeah. you know, whatever.
1: Yep. So um, now, you know, it, that varies industry by industry and in the needs and how their operation works So this is by no means a blanket statement. But um, in the tech sector, I, I just think that there's going to be a big push from the workforce to say to keep that kind of level, some some of that level of flexibility.
0: And we are lucky that we are in that position uh, as opposed to, like, I don't know, fast food workers where, you know, a lot of the dining rooms, at least here in Indiana, are still closed Mm -hmm. because they don't have enough people. And then I saw Macy's cut their hours because they don't have enough people. Um, You know, and then some of these places, like I know McDonald's really uh, pulled back on their menu, like my favorite bacon egg and sausage bagel Was off of the menu. It's gone. gone. <laughs> it's not coming back because they've seen that that people have adjusted to what they've had to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like not eating in the dining room. You know, Right now, just because of, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, just a little bit, um, I won't go in the dining room anyway to eat. I'll just eat in my car. It doesn't bother me. But um, Chris, do you want to weigh in?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think that the days of cubicle farms and <laughs> This is my executive corner office is going to definitely disappear more and more this year. I mean, we've we've kind of redesigned our office to be kind of open air and hot desks are going to be a big thing. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of companies who are cutting down their square footage from a commercial lease standpoint because, you know, you're not going to have a dedicated office, a dedicated desk. It's going to be all kind of flex in and out when mm-hmm. needed
1: kind of thing. Yeah, which... I mean, I like personally, I mean, being able to have that flexibility and, um, you know, there are certain resources that an office can provide and certain things that uh, people might need, but uh, it's not, by all means, it's not for us specifically, speaking more for us, it's not a requirement that you're necessarily at our office every single day to get your job done. Now, customers, site visits and things like that, it's a different story, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can... we're you know, we're we're lucky in that sense and I think that the companies that are for, are able to do that will I I would I would venture to guess continue to navigate how do they make that
0: work for them Okay three yeses. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh so on the, the last thing on uh, the workplace and um, employees I know that with the great resignation a lot of people a lot of my friends have just quit their job just are you crazy? Do you not have a plan B? I mean, what are you doing? And no one seems concerned about it. It's the most bizarre yeah. uh, phenomenon, um, especially for me because I'm like, been working since I was seventeen. I mean, you just go to work, and yeah. Um, so a lot of the things that I've been reading is about. Uh, the reason now when people are recruiting for new employees it's almost like they have to sell their company to them mm-hmm. and the top of that list is their culture yep so people are going that are going to reenter the workforce it's going to they're going to be looking for a good culture
1: yeah yep yeah and I, I you know i think that's that's a hard thing to just um it's hard to just manufacture a culture right like you can check all the boxes on what might, you know, what might be the, what's needed or what the trend is or things like that. But I mean, that's defined so much by the people that are already there and then the people that you're bringing on that it, it shapes it completely. So it's hard to one nail down, but I mean, the trend of culture being a huge hiring um, point, I think has 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 been growing. It's been very much a um, high on, new employees or potential employees list. But I think it's now come to a paramount decision, decision point for individuals on, on what does that look like and what feel do they get from the interviewing process and things like that. So um, no, I mean, I, I think it, I think it makes sense and there's a whole new world of developing what culture looks like when, more and more of your company or portions of your company may never say step foot into the same mm-hmm. office with each other right? I, th- I
2: think the the fundamental power in the employee employer relationship has shifted. I think before it was the employer when hiring had the power, and I think it's shifted over to the you know the the person applying because they can basically say yeah i can I've got ton you know twenty other offers possible." Um, So I think that companies are really going to have to rethink about, um, you know, benefits, what they're offering. I think that's a huge, like you said, culture. But there's also, you know, do you guys have health benefits? Do you guys have 401k? Do you have, you know, what's your PTO, you know, uh, policies? Those kind of things are going to be really, really big because that's what a lot of people, you know, care about. They just don't care about getting a paycheck. They want to see paycheck plus. What else is here?
1: Is that like a new subscription service? Yeah. Uh, yep. Paycheck Plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's an app.
0: It's on App Store. Are
1: you you, you, do you subscribe like do you get access to, um, you know, like Disney Plus and stuff with Paycheck Plus. <laughs> yeah, you get Hulu Plus for free. Oh, and, wow. and And you Disney use Paycheck plus. plus to pay for to pay for, <laughs> to pay pay for, for Disney Plus. plus and yeah, Hulu yeah. Plus? Ah, I got it. Okay.
0: Also on the news the other night, watch a lot of news, nobody can tell. Um, There was a lady who was making, you know, in a regular office job, making uh, a good wage. And she just, she was part of the great resignation. And she just had always loved animals, wanted to work with animals, quit her job. And now she's a vet tech. And they were asking her, oh, are your hours shorter? And she said, no, actually they're longer. And they're like, oh, are you making more money? She's like, no, I'm making a quarter of the money that I used to make, but I am so much happier doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So and it's I mean we have a great culture here. We had um case in point today, we had a um our healthcare provider was in getting us all amped up for the twenty twenty two healthier living, whatever. And so we did it uh via Teams chat because a lot of our team is remote. And as soon as the meet even before the meeting started, we're all like trash talking each other and everybody's jumping in and these two ladies <laughs> who were super high energy were um you know Explaining the benefits and everybody was just like blah 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 blah. (laughs) So as to Daniel's point, some of these people never come in our office. I think I've seen some of them maybe only twice, and yet we're like going back and forth. You know, making jokes. Everybody's got you know animated gifs in there, and it's it's just it was great. It was it's a good team here. So okay, so yes, yes, yes on culture. Yep, yep. Oh, Oh, your button was stuck. (laughs) That was a bell fail. (laughs) Fail. (laughs) Say that. The bell did not agree with culture. Bell did not. Okay, Chris, let's talk a little bit about media. All right. I've, I've got, only have two.
2: I've got, uh, I've got three. Okay, you um, go
0: first, and then I'll see if any of mine line up with yours. And, and Daniel I'll, can chime in.
2: Yep. I've, got a, I've got some visual aid. So oh, uh, from a news story man. from last year, uh, that TikTok uh, became one of the most popular websites or, you know, online platforms in 2021, beating out Google.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, how does that work? Because uh,
0: people are on their phones, constantly. Well I guess I guess it's just
1: taking it from the from the yeah. From okay, the traffic. it basically yeah. you know, purely
2: traffic. Uh yeah, they they beat out Google itself. Huh. Um, and then uh recently um in December, TikTok is starting to test a desktop streaming software called TikTok Live Studio. Um so my prediction for twenty twenty two Um, is that TikTok is going to basically take over online video. So things like YouTube and Twitch, specifically those Mm -hmm. two big platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, TikTok is basically going to be the destination um, or become the destination for um, online video. And a lot of these creators who have been fed up with, uh, you know, ad revenue coming Mm. from YouTube or... Uh, Twitch handling copyright strikes. I just saw another, a Twitch streamer got, got banned, um, for something that, you know, wasn't their fault from a copyright perspective. Um, so it's going to be the new darling of,
1: uh, online video is, is, uh, TikTok. I there's, um, they have a massive user base, like creator base that, I mean, like the content from there is, is just, is just endless, um. So, yeah, that's and, interesting.
2: And the algorithm of how, you know, you can spend, you know, very few little hours on, on like, watching videos and engaging with videos. And all of a sudden, like, oh, you must be interested in cooking. And so <laughs> yeah. then cooking starts popping up more. Or, it's, like, you really yeah. like dogs. So, like, you're going to get a lot of dogs or a lot of funny creators or crafting or,
1: you know, all of that kind of stuff. Well, and and then on the other side of it, I mean, like, the pop-up creator kind of thing, of was like, Mi- very minimal effort to create something that can have just a huge ripple of like views likes or engagement or things like that i mean yeah it's it's crazy it's it's still it still fascinates me as a platform <laughs> even if i'm late to it and i'll never be a tiktok star i think it's still still very interesting i
2: think i think we need to get start a uh Brookfield TikTok. Get to a thousand subscribers so we can start live streaming on TikTok. Okay, uh-huh. I do
0: have a TikTok account set up already, but I didn't okay. name it anything cool because, like Daniel, I'm kind of a latecomer to TikTok, so I named it the Brookfield Group TikTok. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Instead of something, like, really cool. So everybody watching this, go out and subscribe to our all.
1: It, all we need to do is we just need to start clipping things or doing little in- interesting videos on there and just – be consistent. About maybe, it. I mean, maybe we'll clip out see where our at. predictions
2: from the show and put you it on You have to have 1,000 to go 1,000 to, to go, to live, go on, live, yeah.
0: Hmm. On there. Okay. see. Well, that kind of aligns with my first media uh, prediction is that short-form video will become increasingly popular. So I'm going to lob on to yours. Yeah, I'm going to say that's the same.
1: So I'm at 730 followers wow. for myself. Ooh. So I'm almost there. I just need, I need to produce more content. Taylor, if you are listening or watching this, I need you to fall down more because your videos where <laughs> you are following to get the pin most on engagement. Her. Hey, it's accurate though. So,
0: do you have the one where she was chasing Calvin? Or, I do. Or no, coming in there. Yeah, I do
1: have that one. That is actually not my most viewed. CES two years ago is still my most viewed. Is that viewed. the tattoo yeah. thing? That's yeah. a tattoo your arm? thing. Yeah.
0: All right. So three agreements. Yes. Yes. Yep. All right. Number two.
2: Number two is Button, Buttons. There we go um podcasts they're a thing we do them a lot
1: uh but
2: the big trend that's uh, <laughs>
1: sorry what nothing what do you, you i just didn't realize that i had not seen this article yet this is funny
2: oh yeah so if you listen to any kind of large podcasts or if you're kind of in my world where you're producing podcasts on the back end uh a big trend that uh, came about were dynamic ad insertions. Yeah. Uh, so, what this means is that whenever you listen to a podcast, they go, We're going to go to an ad, and it goes, and makes a little noise. <laughs> uh, that means on the back end, uh, they're inserting a particular ad. One podcast that I recently listened to was uh, very creepy geo specific location ads that were directly targeted to Indianapolis residents. Oh, so it was that's like, interesting. It was like a car dealership or tire Something. Hello, Kahlo or something. I don't, I don't anymore. Yeah, <laughs> anymore. it was like it was literally like a a radio, um, a radio style kind of yeah. ad. Yeah. Um. So the prediction for uh twenty two is this is going to implode in on itself. Okay. So
1: is I mean this was like podcasting's answer to like how google ad works right you can just say hey enable ad revenue and it's just going to insert an ad at certain points it's over 10 minutes can do a mid you know a mid-roll ad right. or whatever mm-hmm. or a pre-roll ad depending on what it is there they had in in previous years there hadn't i mean to get an ad on a podcast you had to actually almost act like an ad agency and right. find people that you wanted to to you know advertise on your site and sell spots and things like that so this from the the new user or new podcasting, you just turn it on and you say, hey, I'm accepting ads and it just puts it in,
2: right? Yeah. And I th- I think a lot of what's going to happen this year is a lot of podcasters who've been using this or, um, you know, a lot of advertisers who are going to be using this, they're going to bounce off of it because they don't have that control hmm. and they're going to start seeing when you have a show that's, you know, maybe you have 30,000 downloads a month, um, you know, you're going to start seeing that ad revenue kind of dry up as these bigger networks want more piece of the pie. And you're going to see people transition back into, all right, this is brought to you by Casper and do an ad read in the middle.
1: Have, have there been, um, I mean, that's, I mean, for my opinion, it's more engaging if the host is actually the one reading it. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's always been the biggest reason why podcasting has had higher ad rate, ad rates in general. But, um, I would assume on the other side of it, it's they're going to have the same growing pains that YouTube started to have, which was X, Y, Z big companies ad plays after content that they mm-hmm. do not agree with, like mm-hmm. whether it's you know, uh, you know something that is an ad for something that's kid kid friendly playing on something that is you know more adult rated content or. You know, something that it takes a very, because there's a lot of podcasts out there that takes some interesting stances on just about everything and it not aligning with company morals or values and then them getting backlash for it, especially if it's a large company that they have no control on that side of it, where their ad gets placed, it just gets, you know, and, popped in. And you have
2: some podcasts who maybe are uh reviewing items or uh trying to give opinion on items, then all of a sudden that could be a conflict of interest, yep. right? Because mm-hmm. then yeah. the company that... They, you know maybe they got an item from a company this is you know a big thing that happened on youtube was uh declaration of paid promotion had to be yep. implemented yep so podcast hashtag ad. yeah Yeah. but podcasts are still this kind of you know weird wild west um and I think we've learned a lot from YouTube, but that's kind of my prediction for for twenty two yeah.
0: yes yes, yes,
1: interesting hmm. have to have to read that uh verge article. Yeah, it's very interesting. They have
2: a really great uh, uh, newsletter. Mm-hmm. They um, uh, do. Actually, it's called The Hot Pod, uh, which is all about podcasting and The Hot Pod uh, Insider. Let me just... There we go. Now we can see it. Uh, which goes to my third prediction, um, which is kind of niche. Uh, this is something that I've been hearing a lot about in the journalism world with writers kind of going independent. Uh, this is like dithering.
1: What? So like a paid subscription, yes, for a newsletter. Yeah. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. So yes. this is um, <clears throat> this is one of the platforms. It's called Substack, um, which is basically a paid platform that lets writers and creators create their own paid um, paid uh, newsletter, essentially, which really, you know, really, really easily. Uh, so I predict that in twenty two, um, this is going to be kind of. I would say more mainstream. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that they are, there are still paid, uh, newsletters. I think email kind of gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. but I think that people are looking for, uh, curated media more. They mm-hmm. don't want something that's algorithmically based. That's like throwing up in their feed. They want somebody that they trust, somebody that they follow, um, to give them sort of the rundown or, um, this is the one that I actually subscribe to, which is platformer. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. my prediction into 22 is that we're going to see a lot more of these uh, paid media services that are really really hyper focused on certain topics.
1: I do not have enough information on that to form an opinion Me on either. it. Just one <laughs> then, <laughs> just one yes. yeah. So okay, just okay, one so yeah. That's a meh yeah, yeah. meh. I and a yes. I mean I like what it stands for, and there's some there's some things that I've seen that are starting to go that route, and you know basically trying to pay the creator directly instead of having to then like have them you know survive on ads or whatever that means and um was it two or i don't know maybe a year and a half ago there was just a huge or you know 2020 there's just a huge ad drop-off rate Mm -hmm. for a lot of these content creators that all had to find a way to you know pay the bills and stuff so i think it makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a interesting it's an interesting platform um you know, I think of like Patreon and other things like that that have allowed people to have that same kind of direct to their reader or consumer payment model, which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Nobel.
2: Nobel. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Any more?
2: That's, that's
0: my three. The only one that I had that you kind of touched on, but, and it's not even a prediction, <laughs> it's just a fact. <laughs> the podcasting, uh, industry is growing faster than the audience is growing. So when it first started out, the audience was higher than where the podcast. So people were like eating up all of this content. Now everybody and their brother, including the Brookfield group has their own podcast. So now there's like, everybody's jumping on the podcast bandwagon and now the users, they're still growing, but it's not growing as fast. So people are going to be really clamoring to try and get that ear to to listen
1: yep i mean i i have plenty of podcasts that i have subscribed to but i don't listen to half of them and i try and do a annual purge of ones like okay i haven't i have not listened to this i don't remember when i subscribed i'm just going to remove it because i know about it if i want to listen to it i'll come back to it i have filters set up that are like a priority filter on these are the ones that I'm going, that I know I'd like to get popped up to me when I know there's an episode that I want to listen to. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is um, you know, we're, we're in that ecosystem also. So I'm you know talking Mm -hmm. about ourselves here, but it is a platform that is still, you know, very interesting, still developing and um, you know, content is king when it comes to most things these days. And um, you know, that's, that's part of what um, what it is. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, everyone listens to a podcast now, it seems like. But, yeah, there's only so many ears out there to do it. And there's so much media that's now been produced from that standpoint. So, I mean,
0: everything from, like, murder mysteries, you know, when a, an old coworker was really into that and trying to figure that out, to, you know, stuff like ours where we're actually talking about technology or issues or trends or or whatever – I mean, there's just. Yeah,
1: we would be having these conversations ourselves, anyways. And that's kind of why we yep. just do it. We just do it here with everybody else. Somebody else might be interested thing. in yep. it. So, but, um, yeah, no, I, I agree.
0: Chris?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of um, innovation in the space.
0: Hmm. Like oh. what?
2: Uh, I think that there's. Uh, I think it's a little too daunting and barrier to entry for some people to get hmm. into podcasts um, because you go onto the iTunes store hmm. and it's like. The the top, you know, here's the top 10 podcasts that have been there for forever.
0: Right. They were saying it's seven plus years are the ones that still hold the majority of the listeners.
2: Yeah. I think discoverability is going to be a Mm -hmm. big opportunity for uh, these platforms to, to, you know, like TikTok, get you like super focused on a particular topic and find a podcast that you'd like. Um, And I think that media companies um, who are going to get into podcasts are going to do weird stuff. Uh, like bells? like bells? Uh, most recently um the uh Elizabeth Holmes trial ended, uh the Theranos mm-hmm. trial. And uh ABC News <clears throat> did a whole multi-part uh television docu-series on yeah. the whole Theranos case. Yep. And I watched it, and then all of a sudden something popped up in my uh in one of their feeds. That they did a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's hmm. interesting. I'll download that because I'm interested in the case. Yep. And it turns out all they did was take the audio from the television series and edit it a little bit and then drop it right into the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. So I think the people are going to – there's going to be some weird stuff that, that's going to happen.
0: And innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we've had rock'em, sock'em. We've had sandwiches. <laughs> we've got bells. I mean, come on. This is good stuff. Yeah. All right. So three, three yeses. I've rung yep. the bell enough. All right, that's the last one I had. Anybody else?
1: No, I think uh, we covered a lot here. We went through a couple, few different categories, and uh, you know, whole years ahead of us right now. So yeah. there's still a lot of fun stuff to see, and uh, we're interested to see what what that means for us, for our clients, and for friends and family. So
0: I think it's going to be a great year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great year. So there's the optimism. It is. <laughs> it is. I feel good. Um, so. Join us next Thursday. We will be here. I'm not sure what we're talking about yet. No,
1: we don't know. We'll just we make it know. up. We'll just make it up. That's fine.
0: <laughs> and then this is going to go in our time capsule. So, see you next week.